0: Welcome to Proven Pathways, brought to you by Venture Podcasting, where we talk to successful B2B and SaaS leaders about the latest technologies, marketing strategies, and proven pathways for increasing revenue and growing your business. My name is Sam haji and I'm the founder of Venture Podcasting, where we help B2B and SaaS businesses to build branded revenue generating podcasts, become famous, and a thought leader in their industry. I hope you enjoy. Today, I have Sebastian van Heineken, president of Central Metrics, where they help companies improve profitability through revenue operation and their value-led growth model. In this episode, we talked about how most companies are missing profit by avoiding content creation, the system that generates consistent leads for Central Metrics, and Sebastian's take on AI and the effect of it on the future of business. I hope you enjoy What do you think is one system uh, that helps you the most for generating leads for B2B?
1: Man, that is (laughs) the hardest question comes first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I think the short answer is it depends. You know, it depends on your deal size and the segment you're selling into and where they spend their time every day, the problem you solve, like blah, 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 blah. But a few Mm -hmm. good rules of thumb that have worked for us. Uh, you know, a smaller company does well by leaning on their ancillary partners. So, for example, mm-hmm. uh, we consult around CRMs. It makes sense for us to be a HubSpot partner. You know, they are opening doors that maybe we could not have on our own. Uh, and through the last few years, I've made a lot of great partnerships with other agencies that do work that is close to ours. And so whenever one of us needs help from the other, you just raise your hand and, you know, the referral network starts there. So kind of through community, you're able to build both your thought leadership and a referral pipeline. And then I would add that, of course, content, you know, content goes a long way. Uh, You know, there's so many articles out there about the dark funnel, but I do believe in the benefit of just putting out valuable information, actionable content, and then watching folks come back. You know, of course there's work to convert them, um, but Mm -hmm. I think that is how you kind of build that bridge to the client you're trying to reach.
0: Content is part of a necessary part of every company now. Like yep. when you started a few years ago with Instagram and the trend that was coming up, it was like fancy to have an Instagram page and yeah. you know promote your uh, uh, business. But now it's necessary because like if I want to to start working with any business, I'm going to Google them first and see yeah. who they are. If I'm going to check their Instagram account, so you need to have that content to make you make yourself as a thought leader to make yourself a person who just adds value. And I think a great content creation comes with value. Uh, What is the system you have in place for content creation so we can uh, stay persistent?
1: I mean, it's it's very ad hoc right now, I'll be honest. You know, it's it's kind of stream of consciousness, but it's just, I -hmm. take time every week to brain dump. You know, I, I read articles, I engage on LinkedIn, I come up with my own conclusions. And from that, I schedule you know five to seven LinkedIn posts because that's where my audience is, they're on LinkedIn. Uh, and so I spend time engaging as much as I can and creating content for people on that platform. Uh, and everybody's gonna have a different version of this, but the key is just to block that time out. And like you said, be consistent with it because the algorithms are not forgiving. And if you fall off for a few months, you might not be able to come back. <laughs>
0: What is the less effective approach you think in uh, generating leads? Like, hmm. like for example, when I was starting, um, yeah. you know, I thought just sending cold emails would work. Some of the cold emails work, but it's yeah. just a number game. So you have to send it to 10,000 people. And it kind of th- it, um, loses that part of humanity, like he, that connection part. Uh, that's what I found to kind of be misleading. For my business, uh, what do you think is the less effective approach for lead generation?
1: Yeah, I think email is one that is kind of under fire lately. Um, It's just, it's very, it's a lot easier today to end up in a spam inbox and end up blacklisted Mm -hmm. by your domain provider uh, than it is a few years ago. You know, when I started as Mm -hmm. an SDR, I was sending 100 emails every day. (laughs) <laughs> you know, And I was making a hundred calls yeah. every day and it worked to a relative amount. We were never blocked. We were never blacklisted. Nobody ever reported us to spam, uh, but that is happening way more frequently now. Uh, so I think there are like structural things around email and like domains that are getting in the way. And I think there are structural mm-hmm. things also getting in the way of cold calling right now. People yeah, are exactly. not in offices as much. You're calling people's cell phones. And so whoever figures out, kind of that next level. Maybe it's text. I hope not. I know I wouldn't answer a sales text, but <laughs> you know, there, there's got to be another way. And, and I've seen some interesting thoughts around warming people up before going cold. So you know, engaging on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, sharing content, and then coming in with an email. And so that's kind of the, the way I'm bridging that gap. But yeah, I would say like the old school method of just churn and burn, numbers game, get as many activities as you can get. That is on its way out.
0: I think it was a year ago, I read an article, it was saying it takes at least seven times for uh, for your uh, potential customer to see you before you can do any cold pitch to them, yeah. like at least seven times. So at le- I think the content creation thing you said, it's really necessary so they can see you first and yeah. then you can reach out to them. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think back to like my worst sales job ever, and it was one where our website was not up to speed. We were not allowed to be public about what we were doing because we were afraid of like the big players in the market. And, you know, I would walk into businesses to try and sell this thing and they would literally bring up their phone, Google me right in front of them, or like Google the business right in front of me and be like, you don't even have a website. I'm not going to take you seriously. Yeah, exactly. So like that carries over.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I saw you on LinkedIn. You are doing a great job there. Like, You you. actually are providing value, and that's a key. Like, I'm trying to do the same thing because I see a lot of people just putting some codes or especially B2B companies, they're just promoting themselves. Mm -hmm. They're really self-promoting. Like, we do this and this and this, but they never talk about how they can solve the problem for their ideal customer. So for me, it's like, what I do best, how can I make it in a way that can help them? Because most people, when I mean, I'm not afraid of sharing because most people, they can't afford the time. Yeah to put the time to do it themselves. That's it. So if they can not do it, that's fine. I'm not losing anything. I actually made someone happy. If they can't, they're probably going to come back to me because I'm providing the value and I'm I'm a thought leader in it and I know what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Like we are in like an expert selling age where people will not even entertain your product or service unless they know for sure that you understand them. And the way to do that is to keep talking about their problems and how you solve them over and over again.
0: Exactly. Now let's uh, get to kind of a newer topic that's coming up, the trend that's coming up. Uh, you know, there's, there are two school of thoughts in AI uh, trend. Right. What do you think, um, like which side are you in?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm a writer first. So my mm-hmm. initial reaction to like AI is like, oh no, uh, where's the creativity gonna go? Uh, but I've thought about it and, and, you know, I think it's it's providing more access. You know, people can write mm-hmm. stories now that don't have as many writing skills as people who mm-hmm. write stories today. And, and I think that's great. We're going to get new ideas. Uh, in the business world, I'm excited. You know, I, I think we mm-hmm. don't even know the extent to which AI as it exists today can benefit our businesses. You know, I saw yeah uh GPT four I think came out recently yeah, and yeah. a guy typed in a, a prompt of turn a hundred dollars into a thousand dollars as soon as possible without breaking any laws. And so I mean, if I had a hundred dollars and nothing else to do, I think I would do the same thing. And, you know, that's just a small yeah. version of business development, we'll call it, through yeah. AI. And so, you know, the sky yeah. is the limit. We don't even know what we can do yet.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I saw the founder, um, uh, one of the founders of uh, GPT-4, like ChatGPT, yeah. they were, uh showing the, um, the, the, the skills that the, they provide through the chat GPT, like the uh. the, the amount of knowledge it has now, uh, especially GPT-4 after the update, yeah. like you give it a picture of your, the website that you want to create. Like you say, okay, I want a headline here. Uh. I want the- uh, the about me here or whatever, and you say I want a code for that. It gives you a code, and you just wow. copy and paste it. It's just it's already done. It's like that's it takes cool. you five minutes to create a website. <laughs> yeah,
1: you turn a napkin it's- into a website. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's a good point, Exactly.
0: <laughs> now let's get back to your experience um, in business. Um, mm-hmm. If you go back in time, like when you were establishing your business, yeah, is there any mistake that you're going to avoid?
1: Yeah. I I think, you know, there's a balance to the things that we spoke about, you know, showing up as an Mm -hmm. expert, creating content, community partners. And I think Mm -hmm. in the beginning, we leaned in too far to that strategy. Um, so kind of the, the metaphor that I use is that the thing I was doing to business develop was essentially kicking up a cloud of dust. So I was just showing Mm -hmm. up everywhere that I knew my buyer wasn't just going, Hey, like, Look at me, talk to me, this is what I care about. Yeah. And yeah. none of that was predictable. You know, It's hard to build mm-hmm. a scalable business based on, will I get two or 20 referrals this month? And you won't know yeah. because, like I said, you're kicking up a cloud of dust. You don't know how much dust is in the air. And so I would say as early as possible, productize your offering, and tie that offering to a specific problem to a specific segment with a number on it. So an associated cost, Mm. whether it's time or money wasted or money not gained. And then once you have Mm. that line of like solution, problem with money, person who cares about that solution, then the sale almost becomes intuitive. You know, you're leading with value and you're Mm -hmm. solving a specific problem versus what I was doing before, which is making a lot of noise and hoping that somebody had a problem I could solve.
0: Basically, what you're saying is niching down yep. is the key right now. 100%. Uh, before you before you should have been, uh, you know, one shop, one stop shop for everything. But now it's just niching down. And you become an expert in that niche to help other people or other companies uh to grow and um what i i also think what you said is like kind of a marketing tip that you have to include uh, something that you save for them e- either money time because yep. you have to be that specific so they know uh what's the roi for them basically
1: yep exactly roi is so key you know or, or else why would i take any action in a business environment exactly. if i'm not going to make something from it
0: exactly so uh the other question i have for you is what's the best system you found to retain your clients now you convert them you have your partner, how, how do you keep them
1: yeah i would say and i'm a services based business so i'm mm-hmm. listen to my bias come out uh but i think it happens right before they become clients you know setting the mm-hmm. expectation of this again niching down this is the exact thing that we will solve we're not going to do You know, the rest of it, we're doing exactly this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then don't allow that scope creep. You know, people with vendors, they tend to ask for more than they pay for. I do the same Mm -hmm. thing. Everybody does it. But so make Mm -hmm. it clear what you're there to do and do just that. It's in the contract. It's in writing. Just make it happen. Uh, Once they become clients, though, you have to listen to them. Uh, Get Mm -hmm. feedback as often as you can again on specifically the thing that you were brought in to do and then after that and i think this is the most important part and and one that we should do a better job at at central metric is show them the value that you're bringing them don't just expect them to understand it on their own so the example i give here is write the case study while the project is happening before the renewal comes up you write this is what we did this is the problem we solved and you let the client look at it. So when it's time to renew or possibly upsell, here they have this Mm -hmm. document or this PDF or this PowerPoint that says, when we came in, everything looked like this, we did these actions, and now everything looks like this. And so it makes it easier for them to wanna stay with you when it's clear that what value you're bringing them on a daily basis.
0: Uh, Dude, you just uh, dropped so much gold nuggets there. Um, I mean, honestly, I think this is exactly, um, you know, what we are doing at our company too. I recently saw one of Alex, I think it was Leila Hormozzi's post on LinkedIn that was talking about the same thing, uh, as you said, like in order to retain clients, you gotta show them what what you're doing, how much money you are saving for them, uh, how much time you are saving for them. But uh, kind of, it becomes harder for service spaces to, kind of calculate that, but I guess we can find a way to do that. Cause it's super important. And when I was thinking about, wow, it makes sense. If, if I pay for something and they, they keep reminding me that, Hey, you're saving thousands of dollars. Uh, I, I still want to keep doing it. You know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome, man. So let's jump into the next question. How do you differentiate your company with your competitors?
1: Okay. So I would say in general, Because we are all so similar, you know, I run a RevOps consulting Mm -hmm. agency, a hundred people run RevOps consulting agencies, you know, no matter how special Mm -hmm. your software is, I'm sorry, there's another software out there or a services partner that can do exactly that. And so what you need to differentiate yourself on, and I I think this is the same thing that has been the case for even the last 10 years that I've been in the industry is the customer experience Uh, or on the other side. The buyer journey. Uh, If you have, if two companies are equal, same product, same price point, same industry, the one with the better buyer journey and the better customer experience will win 100% of the time because we are emotional creatures. Yes, we want to be logical. That's why we calculate ROI. Uh, But a buyer is always Going to be more likely to buy if you're delivering value and a good experience throughout their entire journey, not just after they sign and pay.
0: I'm not sure if you agree with this or not, but uh, especially most of B two B companies, I sure. you know when you uh, when you just uh, check out their website, I'm confused. It's so yeah. complicated. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't yes. I don't understand what exactly they are doing. So you said about customer journey, uh, to me, it's exactly the same. Like once they land on your page. What do you do for them? Because most, I mean, we have to accept this truth. Nobody cares about what you do or who you are. Yeah. They all come in to see what you do for them, what benefit exactly. you have for them. Yeah. So if you start to use all these complicated words that the, it becomes like a poem, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, You never can understand what they can do for you. So the customer journey starts from your landing page. What yeah. do you, what you do for them? And then the onboarding, and then the customer service, And you absolutely need it. I think that's, that's, that's a perfect answer to this. So what's the uh, number one piece of advice in leadership? Like, how do you foster a culture that continues improvement and learning uh, within your organization?
1: Yeah, I would say just remember that first and foremost, like you are the cultural leader of your organization Mm -hmm. when you are the business leader of your organization. Uh, And so the folks that you work with, the folks that work for you, the partners in your ecosystem, uh, they can feel your energy on the topic that you're trying to solve. Uh, So project confidence in that energy and also do the work to back it up. You don't just be confident and then never do any work. Just make sure that, you know, you are making them whole, because I think as a leader, it's your responsibility to be flexible with the people that you bring onto your team. You know, this is your idea. This is your baby. You know, you are the one that cares the most about the success of your business. And so you have to show that to the rest of the folks that are working with you. Uh, And you have to be flexible to make it, I wouldn't say easy, but to align incentives so that their work is benefiting your work and vice versa.
0: I used to do nine to five and nobody, I don't want to feel I'm stuck somewhere. You know, I want to feel I'm growing either financially or I'm learning something new so I can take the next step, uh, in my career path. And the other thing that you mentioned that was, uh, super helpful is the idea behind the leadership. Like at first when you start, there is a difference between being a CEO and a leader. The leader is the person Mm. who inspires, a CEO is a person who manage internally uh, what's happening. So uh, m- most of the time, the leaders are the visionaries who inspire and also see the future where the company is going. Yeah. And CEOs are, are people who actually put that action into place. Uh, but sure. at first, when you when you start, you got to do both. Like, how do you balance that out? Because it sometimes becomes so for me, personally, it personally becomes difficult to be the action taker and also think about future and be a leader
1: yeah no that's that's a really good one i had I hadn't heard that distinction of leader versus CEO but when you said it, it just it makes so much sense and mm-hmm. and it's another tough question so my my <laughs> short answer is as always, it depends uh, but i think yeah. the the longer answer is you have to kind of run an analysis and it doesn't have to be a complicated analysis on. Where your time is being spent. Um, you know, mm-hmm. do you need more time in cultural leadership and rallying the troops and, you know, installing accountability, or do you need to do your taxes, your business administration, and your payroll and benefits? And then I think as mm-hmm. soon as possible, you take those administrative kind of office level work off of your plate. You know, you you shouldn't be doing your taxes uh, if you're the CEO. An accountant should be because you're not a tax specialist. You are the CEO of your company. So I think remove the work that is not pivotal to leadership and organization and strategy and be cognizant of how much time you're spending on the cultural side of your business versus the business administration side. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you spent all day on CEO stuff you're not going to have the brain power left to be a visionary. So like, yeah, you have to separate them.
0: hundred percent. Can you share a little bit about your company and what you do today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I am the president and co-founder of central metric. We are a revenue operations consulting agency, which is a lot of jargon to say that we find people consultants to work on revenue teams whether that is a fractional CFO or sorry CRO uh, or a HubSpot or Salesforce admin anything related to revenue operations is something we can help with
0: awesome man awesome so what do you think it's a it's a cool thing and exciting thing about what you do what is the most exciting cool thing, about thing.
1: Yeah, I guess I get to see the insides, like the guts of so many different businesses, right? You know, you you see Mm -hmm. a lot of businesses on social media and they're celebrating their wins and their new hires and their funding. And, you know, the work that we do, we really get to the bottom of like, what's broken? You know, what's not working? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can we make this better? And so like, it's turned me into like, the best way I could describe it is like the folks on Shark Tank, you know, they've seen so many yeah. businesses come over, over and over again, that they always have some good advice. And I've, yeah. I've like con- put together like some pretty good stories and advice um, from my work.
0: What is your vision of where you are going with your company?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're trying to expand like any other company, you know, we want to hit, go with larger clients, we want to go with longer retainers, we want to add more to our consulting roster. We want to kind of emulate the great consulting companies that are out there like Carabiner Group or Winning by Design by producing amazing and helpful content. And so we just want to mm-hmm. keep going in the direction that we're going. I think there's some interesting feelers that we've been putting out in kind of VC world because you know what mm-hmm. we do is improve profitability and lower operating expenses and you know all things that the board cares about. And so... I would like to, I guess, half pivot into that world a little bit. And it's one that I'm not familiar with. But otherwise, yeah, revenue growth, pipeline growth, and greater efficiency within my business.
0: If anybody wants to stay in touch with you and maybe work with you, Mm -hmm. where can they find, I know you mentioned LinkedIn, but is there, besides LinkedIn, is there any other way they can reach, reach out to you so they can discuss their work?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think LinkedIn is the best way. I I do log into LinkedIn every day and I have notifications on my phone for LinkedIn, which is crazy. I know, but that that is just, you know, where I've been for the last, (laughs) okay, good. I'm not that crazy. Uh, You know, our website has a contact us form. If you fill that out, I will be the first one to see it. So either way, <laughs> you're going to get to me.
0: <laughs> the other question I have with you, besides, you know, uh, getting in touch with you personally, how can people be in touch with you, like with uh, Central Metrics and, um, you know, how can they get more info? How can they engage with you?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're actually working on a ton of content coming down the, the pipeline over the next few weeks. And. Uh, We're going to be rolling out our first workshop uh, probably a week or two from now. It's called the Buyer Journey Blueprint Workshop. And it's the way that we work with our clients to create essentially the infrastructure of their revenue organization. So before using a CRM, before deciding what technology you use, you have to decide what your buyer journey will look like. Uh, And so this is a workshop to help people think about that. And at the end of the workshop, we share a few templates so you can take it home and do it yourself.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. It was a great conversation and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us. And um, yeah, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.